You don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. You do know where you are right now. And your choice right now is really critical before God. Will you choose to follow him and to trust him in this and let us help you? I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Send me, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip encourage and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel stay tuned i felt your passion touched your heart use me lord use me lord welcome back to the gospel centered pro-life podcast appreciate you guys joining us and as always we'd appreciate if you guys would leave us a review on this podcast also, we'd appreciate if you guys would reach out to us, maybe shoot us a word of encouragement over via email or some suggestions for future episodes, maybe questions about this episode or others. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'll leave our email addresses at the end. And um, yeah, oh yeah, we need to intro ourselves, introduce ourselves. Um, we keep forget. forgetting that. Yeah. What's with it? Well, people should listen enough to know who we are. That's right. I guess we so. just assume that you are longtime listeners, but just in case yeah. you're just starting out with us. I'm Vicki Kosiorek. I'm um I am the sidewalk training director. Uh-huh. I always have to pause on that because I can't know that title changes every so often. <laughs> it changes in your mind, but literally it's been the same for like a year. A year, okay, a year. Yeah. Well, only a year. <laughs> only a year. You know, okay. when you're old, a year it goes by like that. It, that is true. Anyway, I am the sidewalk training director nationally. Try to train teams. Um, with Love Life and also locally here in Charlotte. Yeah, absolutely. And I am Daniel Parks. I serve as the West Coast Regional Shepherd for Love Life, which means I oversee all of our efforts on the West Coast, as well as oversee the sidewalk ministry with Vicki's assistance and the assistance of our wonderful folks that serve across the nation doing sidewalk ministry. Just want to say how much we appreciate you guys that are doing oh, yeah. that ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're serving in a leadership position or as a volunteer, we know that's hard work. And it's one of the reasons why we do this podcast right? is to encourage you guys to keep you going. It's also one of the reasons why we do our sidewalk Q&A meeting, which are Q&E, sorry, Q&E questions and encouragement meeting once a month. We do it the first Saturday of every month. I do want to mention this because I want you guys to get in on this where Vicky and I or Vicky and another one of the folks that might serve on the sidewalk team here in Charlotte. I try to be on there as much as I can, but I do travel a lot. But we're on there. It's an hour um, just on Zoom and try to give you guys some encouragement live in addition to what we do on this podcast and also answer questions. Maybe there's some struggles that you guys have, some questions that have come up that we didn't answer in a podcast episode. My guess is we probably did answer it in a podcast episode, but sometimes it's more helpful to ask that question and have some interactions there. So the sidewalk questions and encouragement we do at the first Saturday of every month. 5 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And then if you're in between those times, you can figure out what time it is because I don't know all of that. But, um, yeah, so if you've gone through our sidewalk training and completed all three training modules, sidewalk 101, 102, 103, then you automatically will get an invite to that meeting. So we'd love to see you guys there. I wanted to mention that. And then uh, I want to mention – Well, nothing else except for the fact that we have a new subject that we're going to be covering today, and I'll let you introduce the subject, Vicki. 
All right. This is a question I hear at least every day once. Oh, really? Sometimes. Yeah. Haven't you ever heard this question? Oh, so, heck yeah. Will you pay for my baby for the next 18 years? Yeah. yeah. We hear it all the time. And it is important with any of these questions that you're going to be asked over and over again that you have thought through the yeah. answer. The question along these same lines, are you going to adopt my baby? Right. You hear that a lot right. too. Right? Yes. Yes, you do. So um, uh, I, I really thought through how I answer this question and how I think we should answer it. We don't only hear it from the abortion-minded parents. We sometimes hear it from passerbys yeah. screaming at us. Why are you screaming at these women? Are you going to take care of their baby for the next 18 years? Yeah. Or the clinic escorts, the pro-abortion crowd. We hear it all yeah. the time. Well, first of all, yes, I mean this kind of a tongue-in-cheek joking way. Okay. But who the heck ever said that it's only 18 years? I know. <laughs> you know? Really? I mean, come on. I got. I have a 24-year-old that still lives in my house, although I'm blessed and I don't want to get rid of her. But still, like 18 years, like where did that become the standard? I guess, I mean, the connotation is here that until they're an adult, right? They Correct. can take care of themselves. Um, but I just wanted to mention that. Well, I would love one day for me to answer and say, only 18 years? Right. <laughs> we were planning on taking care of at least till they leave home, which is probably at least age 25. Yeah, or 30. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah, that's probably not how you should answer it, but you do make a no, very that's valid a, point. That's a great <laughs> it answer. Would be, it would be kind of <laughs> What fun. makes you think your kid's only going to be in your house for 18 years? <laughs> Humor is often a, the best, it the can best be. response. Right. So, um, but... Um, in essence, what they're saying is we have no right to say, don't kill your baby unless you plan to support my baby until yeah. <laughs> my baby leaves the home. Right. That's in essence what they are asking. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do, as I was thinking through this, and I don't do this naturally, but I do think it is maybe, maybe I have dismissed it too flippantly. Okay. Because they are raising a valid concern. Yeah. They, it, it doesn't justify killing your baby. Sure. But the concern is, I don't know how I'm going to do it yeah. financially. Yeah. And I do think more often than not, that is the case. They really are right. living on the border, on the, on the edge financially. How are we going to do this? So I think, as I was thinking through this question, I thought maybe I've been answering it wrong. Okay. Um, in the past, maybe my first response may, needs to be one of, I know it's expensive to raise a child. Yeah. I know th I know why you're concerned. Yeah. Instead of dismissing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think also what's kind of packed into that statement mm -hmm. is the fact that having a kid is a long time, long term commitment. Right. Essentially, yeah. she's saying, I'm going to be committed to this kid if I have it for 18 years at least. Right. And are you going to be with me in that commitment? Yeah. Um, essentially, I mean, for many of them, maybe it's not, are you going to be with me in that commitment? But will you take this commitment rather than me? Yeah. Um, and I do think, of course, with any of these statements, the, what's, what's being done in this particular statement from the woman or from the man or whatever that's going into the abortion center, what they're trying to do is make you feel guilty for being out there. Right. 
And sometimes it can work. Just mm-hmm. like the whole idea, well, will you adopt my baby? And you start thinking like, well, I don't think I could do that or whatever. I mean, my response is, heck yeah, let me. Give me the opportunity to. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Right? Um, but that's not everyone's response because that's not everyone's ability. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so they, tr- they want to make you feel guilty. They're already feeling guilt. And this is a human mechanism that we use oftentimes to make people feel guilty for the thing that we actually ought to feel guilty for, which is in this yeah. situation about to kill their child. They're about to kill their baby and they should feel guilty. Yeah. And so they're trying to throw some of that guilt back on you. In any of those situations, whatever it might be, this, you know, we take care of my kid for 18 years, we adopt my kid, you know, provide for my every need, whatever, whatever. We always have to remember what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about them making a bad decision. We're talking about child killing. Right. That's what we're talking about. When we're yeah. talking about abortion, sometimes for us, we can get kind of almost normative in our in our language, right? We talk about abortion. We talk about the issue of abortion or whatever and forget that we're talking about child killing. We're talking about what they're going to do. And you can rephrase it. And I'm not saying you rephrase this to the mom. You could if you had a one-on-one conversation, but not calling out across the parking lot. But essentially what you're saying is, young lady, mm-hmm. is that. You're going to murder your child unless I can provide for your child's every need. Right. Like that's That doesn't make sense, right? You right. don't get to murder people just because someone else can't take care of them. Right. Because the fact is they already have a child. And I think that that is one important point that, ma'am, you already have a baby. You yeah. already have a responsibility to take care of this child yeah. because you already have a child. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think setting that in its proper perspective is helpful. Yeah, I I agree. And because it is such a common question and these women are needy, they definitely have needs. I don't think we need to feel guilty, obviously. We are called to be there. It is the murder of an innocent little baby. But um, I will say no, I'm not going to – I can't take care of – every need of your child for the next 18 years. In fact, no one can. Yeah. And actually, you don't even know if you have tomorrow. Right. What you have is today, right now, that's the only thing you're guaranteed. And right now, what is the right thing to do for that child? Right. At this moment. And I think, because I think what, what they are expressing, I think you said it really well, is I am completely overwhelmed by the thought of this commitment. Yeah. And so bringing that commitment to don't think about the next 20 years. None of us knows where we're going to be in the next 20 years, but we do know where we are right now. Yeah. And we do know, can we glorify God right now yeah. with the immediate first first decision. And so one of the ways that, one of the reasons I love this ministry, Love Life, is um, they really do deal with this question sure. in mobilizing the church to, as, as a church, addressing the, um, the abortion, Holocaust, and the orphan crisis yeah. with a many multifaceted approach. Right, yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so as an organization, we've not positioned ourselves to provide for every need. And again, like you said, no one, no one can, can do that. God alone can no do that. No organization. Right. It would be unwise right. to position yourself as the one-stop resource, right? Yeah. So we don't do that. But we don't position ourselves even as the resource. Right. We lean on the church. 
And Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, not against Love Life or some pro-life organization. We know that the power is in the church, that Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. And so we want to point these women to the church. The church has resources. Again, not, not every resource can't meet every need, but certainly the needs that she has. And the first need is she needs to know the Lord Jesus. Yeah. But also the practical needs exist there in the church. And so we want to point her back to the church to deal with those issues. That's why the mentor program is so important. Mentors need to be a part of a local church. That's why the House of Refuge initiative is so important. That these churches are places where men and women can run instead of running to the abortion clinics. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think in that sense, what we do is, is, is amazing, right? Because we're leaning on the most powerful entity on the face of the planet, the church, to meet the needs. And the church has been charged to care for the needy, for the hungry, for right. the poor. So it is a mission that, that God has already given to the church. Yeah. And so uh, the Ministry of Love Life is trying to help the church equip the church yeah. and train the church to uh, to take on that role. And that helps us as we're out on that sidewalk speaking to abortion-determined women um, to let them know, no, of course we can't meet every need. And really what you need to do is examine just here and now what's the next right thing to do. But there are people willing to help. Yeah. And um, and let, let, it, let me tell you yeah. about what they can do and um, and how they can help. So, um, so the first, you know, the first key pointing them to Jesus, um, and, uh, helping them to just narrow their focus away from a long-term future focus into the immediate now, um, focus. And, um, and I, with those types of questions, I'm always, going to bring the gospel right. in because the heart that would say I'd rather kill my child than figure out how I'm going to care for that child over the next 18 years is a heart that obviously doesn't know and love God yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the the answer I you know really our whole our whole podcast all 4 years of it could be boiled down to that. Share the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> the right. gospel is the answer. But it really is. Yeah. I mean, the, their most pressing need when they when they manifest what's in their heart, from, uh, making that statement, are you going to take care of my kid for the next 18 years? Um, their most pressing need is a change of heart, yeah. right? Yeah. An eternal perspective. Now, I will say this, and I know you would agree, that a flippant answer and just kind of like writing off the issues is not typically the best. Yeah. We always talk about when someone, whatever they might say, when someone says something like this, mm-hmm. we want to always enter into their struggle, right? Compassion. So it means to suffer with them, yeah. with suffering. Compassion means with suffering, which means we want to suffer with them. So though she might manifest what's in her heart through this selfish statement, we never want to just write it off as outright selfish, right? Because a lot of times we we have this and we do it ourselves. We have this kind of fight or flight mechanism within mm-hmm. us where, you know, our, our first reaction is more of like fight. And that's kind of what this is. It's, it, it's a manifestation of a heart that is separated from the Lord. Yeah. But that doesn't give us the ability to write them off, right? right. Because we at one time were separated from the Lord. So I do believe that we need to, we can answer in a way that stings a little bit for sure. Um, 
but we also need to do it with compassion. We need to do it understanding that they need Jesus, that they're blinded, they're dead in their, their trespasses and sins. And if we just write them off and we answer in some flippant way, oh, you want to kill your baby rather than um, take care of your child, that's all you want, then we pretty much shut the conversation down before it even starts. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's kind of what they want, right? They kind of want a flippant answer. They kind of want us either to ignore the question or sting back. You know, people in these kind of flight or fight kind of mentalities, they 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 want to fight, right? They want to go back and forth. They want some justification. You guys have heard me talk about it. They're grasping for justification. They're grasping for a justification to kill their child and at the same time grasping for a justification to leave, yeah. And it manifests itself in a lot of ways, and I think this is one of those ways where they're kind of grasping for that justification. And so we want to do the best we can to answer with compassion, to answer with the wisdom of the Lord. And so I think we've already talked about some ways that you could answer, but I will say this, that the Lord the Lord knows the answer, right? And the Lord can prompt you in your heart to give the right answer in that moment. That's why I say the key, I, I say my super top secret um way to minister on the sidewalk effectively, super, super duper top secret um, thing to, to do is walk with the Lord, right? Yeah. Walk with Jesus, yeah. um, be in fellowship with him, and he can give you in the moment what to say. But yeah. that thing needs to oftentimes be seasoned with compassion, with grace. I agree. So I have a story okay. again for <laughs> a, a young man who is very abortion determined. The The woman actually wanted the baby, yeah, but she loved the guy and the guy um, said, there just is no way. We're in debt already. Yeah. Um, they were both working full time, doing their best, actually sharing babysitting roles by, um, by having he works all night and she works all day. And it was, you know, it was a hard situation. And so um, I did respond with compassion. I get it. I remember those days myself when we really, every penny mattered. Yeah. And um, and I, it felt like anything extra would just put us completely under. Yeah. And offered to just have him come see the baby on the ultrasound. And the young woman was able to talk him into doing that. And when he saw, he told me a story and, um, you know, and where he worked and everything. And I'm taking notes, making sure he felt heard yeah. um, and that I fully understood their situation. And then we brought him back for the ultrasound. And when he saw the baby, he just melted. And, and I said, what do you think now? And he said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm going to love this little yeah. baby. So his heart turned then. And that was the point at which then I started exploring, well, listen, how about these ideas regarding yeah. his work and regarding her work? And um, which actually uh, the following week, he got a job with a raise during yeah. the day. Yeah. So it is amazing how God um, inserts himself into these really, really hard situations um, if uh, if you can bring down the crisis mentality. Right. Um, level a little bit, show them the baby, show them you truly are um, are eager to help them in the situation and um, and then uh, let the Holy Spirit yeah. convict their heart. Yeah, so. and I think that, you know, as we wrap up this um, episode, kind of brings us to the last point that you have here in the article, which is the issue of adoption, right? right. There are dire situations. Yeah. There are times when a woman might say this 
Mm-hmm. Maybe not in these exact terms, but the connotation is the same, right? Yeah. I, I just can't take care of a child. And adoption is a very appropriate option. Yeah. Now, we talk often about how we don't lead with adoption. A lot of times it's a conversation stopper. It shuts the conversation down immediately because you're asking someone to go from doing one of the most selfish things they could do to doing one of the most selfless things that they could do. Abortion being the selfish thing and adoption being the selfless thing. But it, it still is appropriate to mention that, especially when you're in a one-on-one conversation, you've earned a little bit of trust through that conversation with her. Like that's a, that's a valid option. It's a good option, right? Yeah. And I would say too, it's, it's an empowering option because mm-hmm. of course our language is not, you need to give your baby up for adoption or what about giving your baby up for adoption? We're very intentional about the language. You can place your child with a family that you choose. And so that empowers her to be able to choose the family that she places her child with. Again, placing her child rather than her child being taken away. Mm -hmm. Not to get on too much of a rabbit trail, but many of the women that we minister to equate adoption with foster care because they've been in the foster care system or had people that they know in the foster care system. And those two things are not the same. Right. Right. And so they equate those things. So when you say adoption, they hear foster care. And again, it can shut the conversation down immediately. Yeah. But I do think there's an appropriate time. To mention adoption. And we did a whole podcast. We had Jessica Mullen on this. It's been maybe, might have been two years ago that we did it, but it's still very appropriate. You guys definitely listen to that if you have not. Um, But that needs to be brought into the equation because there are people that will take care of your child for the next 18 plus years. Right. 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 And if they are, if a mom is continuing to tell me, I just don't want the baby or I just cannot do this. That's when I'll bring in, have you ever considered yeah. placing your child um, in the arms of a loving family that that does want a child yeah. and does have the resources? Um, so I hope those are some some tips to help to deal with that question. But I, I, I do think it's a question that needs to be answered. Yeah. Not necessarily if the pro-abortion crowd is saying it. Sure. But I do think if a mom or a dad is saying that to us, then then I think these this is a strategy for yeah. how to respond to that question. So then as we wrap up, mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask the question, and I want you to answer it how you would answer it on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take care of my baby for the next 18 years? Sir, we don't even know if we have the next 18 years. I understand that you feel overwhelmed and that it is a huge responsibility to take a child um, and to raise a child. But that child is there in the womb right now, alive with a beating heart. And God has a plan and a purpose for that child. And we do have resources that will help you. But you don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. You do know where you are right now. And your choice right now is really critical before God. Will you choose to follow him and to trust him in this and let us help you? Yeah. Something like that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, hopefully that gives you guys an example of how to respond. It's very good. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you have uh, maybe comments about this episode, questions about this episode or other episodes that we've done, or suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicky with a Y, at lovelife.org. Also check out our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, where all of our podcasts are, and you can search those podcast episodes and uh, you know, by keyword and find different subjects that would help encourage you. And also our training and equipping website, sidewalksforlife.com. Check that out. And until next time. 
God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. But nothing's too precious since I met you.